NEC Hoops fans, we are back with week four of the NEC on the Run Hoops podcast on the NEC Overtime Pod. My name is Ron Ratner with the NEC, and I'm joined by Ryan Peters, who writes for the NEC on the NEC Overtime blog, and you can find him on X at Pioneer underscore Pride. Let's get right at it, Ryan. We had some sweeps last week, but I want to lead with a team. You know, we... I don't know if we were doing this podcast together. We probably were a few years ago. We had it happen with Merrimack. We did it with Stonehill last year. And now it's LeMoyne, four and two. They've won three in a row, their first year in the NEC. They're really starting to roll now. And we're coming off the Kai Cleary Saturday uh, in their win over LIU. What are you seeing from this LeMoyne program? And realistically, as you go through, you know, breaking down what they've done, how good can this team be? Well, they have the star on the team in Kai Cleary, and we're going to talk to him later in the podcast and, and go into detail about that monster 43-point effort, a career high for him, a program record for LeMoyne. But as a team, they got the star in Cleary. They have a bunch of KG veterans, guys like DePersia and Sutherland and McClure. Like I, I love like the the makeup of the team. And right now they have the best offensive efficiency in league play. They're you know best three point field goal percentage, best free throw percentage. Uh, they're taking forty nine percent of their shots from three. And why not when you're making forty percent of those? That's a that's a high efficiency play for for an eight champion. And uh, you know. They've already had 12 games this year where they've made at least 10 threes in a game, and they've gone eight, four in those games, including three and one in NEC play. So this team offensively is just playing on a really high level. They're moving the ball well. I mentioned, you know, Sutherland's playing really well. He's got, you know, 16 points per game in their last three all wins. Isaiah Salter is starting to take a step up now. He had 16 points on six shots against St. Francis when they scored over 90 points. And then he had seven assists to one turnover in that LIU win. So this team, you know, forget just clearing his 43 points. This team is just playing at a high level on various, you know, at various positions on this roster. And it's been impressive to watch. Yeah, they're ranked ninth in the nation right now in made threes per game. So is there a is there a recent NEC comparison? Is there a team that we can compare them to with this level of shooting we're seeing right now? That's a really good question. I don't I know. Mean, as a Sacred Heart alum, I go back. This this is going 15 years back when Dave Bike, you know, had those really productive teams from 2006 to 2008. Uh, he had guys like Ryan Lickey and Luke Coronado and um, you know uh, Chauncey Hardy and those guys. They could they they could fill it up from deep without a doubt. Um, but recently. That's a tough one. Um, you know, those those Rob Kremel St. Francis teams, you know, from 2017 to 2020, they had some shooters. Um, and so they yeah. they like to shoot it from three. I don't know if they were making 40% of their threes, but they were they were certainly filling up from deep. Um, I don't know if you have any teams that I don't know. It's a good it's a good question. I, I don't know if there's we've seen somebody at this level of efficiency and number of makes they're making at the same time. So like we've had teams that shoot a lot of threes, but they're doing it at a very high rate. I don't know, that's a good, that might be another podcast. Hey, by the way, let's shout out Isaiah Salter scored his a thousand point on Saturday, you know, in the win over LIU. So great job by Isaiah, nice career milestone for him. Uh, we'll talk a little, as you said, we'll talk with Kai Cleary and we'll kind of get into what's coming up next for LeMoyne, but let's transition now to Central Connecticut. Now this team is off to 
Uh, I cover it in this week's NEC release. It's one of their best ever starts. They're six and one. Uh, they come off yet another sweep this weekend. And, you know, first place at this point, Pat Sellers now in just his third year, he's completely turned this program around. This team is going to be a tough out in March. Like they do it on both ends of the floor. Their efficiency, both offensively and defense, defensively in league play is near the top. Uh, what are you seeing right now from them? The thing that impresses me most with the Blue Devils is they're now learning how to win close games. You know, they were down six late against Wagner. A really, you know, great job by Copeland's group. We only had six players in that game, but they almost pulled off that monster upset in New Britain. But Central Connecticut, that was a game they were going to lose last year. But this year they figured out a way to win it. They, you know, they they got hot. They stretched the game into overtime. And then, you know, Kellen Amos hits that really clutch three off the left wing to give them that lead for good. And so the fact they win that game and then, you know, they take care of business against FDU, you know, quite frankly, that game was never in doubt in the second half. It was just a really impressive performance at the Rothman Center for Pat Sellers group. And you know, I, I'm just so impressed by, like I said, they, they could win close games now and they could win a number of different ways. You know, if, they, if, you know, if they're struggling, you know, shooting the ball or defensively, they have a number of veterans who could do different things for them. They could figure things out. They're great in transition now so they could score. They could get up the floor and score. And when you guys you have guys like Gene Rose and Jordan Jones and Kellen Amos, there's just a lot of star power in this team. They got, you know, three of the top eight at the very least players in this in this league. And uh, that's going to go a long way towards their stretch run. This Saturday, they play a Merrimack team that is also coming off a sweep. We should probably, let's talk a little bit about Merrimack and then let's get back to that game itself coming up, which is a huge game and, you know, in the, for standings purposes, Merrimack is back doing what they do best. They are locking teams down. I'm going to, you have your Mr. Analytics. I'm going to throw some stuff at you right here. A few things. 49 points a game over their last three games. Uh, effective field goal percentage, just over 40%, 0.75 points per possession over the last three games. I mean, this is uh, this is like Javaris Hayes level team stuff we're seeing here from them. Can this Merrimack team, if they are getting enough offense, how hard is this team going to be to beat? They're actually playing the best defensive basketball um, in their Northeast Conference history this year, believe it or not. They're actually wow. playing at a higher defensive efficiency than they did in 2019-20 with Javaris Hayes leading that team. They're actually playing better than they did last year with, you know, um, Jordan Minor and Ziggy Reed and Javon Bennett leading that defense. You know, they're just 49 turnovers the last three games. They scored 51 points off those miscues. And so it's just they're, they're, the zone is just playing at an incredibly high level. Um, and, you know, I was there for the Merrimack Wagner broadcast in that second half where they outscored the Seahawks 39 to 21. That was as dominant a second half as you're going to see in the Northeast Conference this year. Wagner just had no answers for that zone. The hands were very active on defense. They got a ton of deflections. And then, you know, Jordan Durkat got going and Bud Clark got going, you know, and um, you know, that's just a lethal combination. If this offense can just be in the middle of the pack in terms of their efficiency, they're, they're one of the best, if not the best team in the league. Obviously, Central Connecticut has a lot to say right now about that, and they're leading in the standings by half a game. But, uh, you know, these Merrimack is very much a, 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 you know, a factor in terms of winning the championship and trying to defend their crown. 
I thought Bud Clark was absolutely incredible on Saturday in his 30-point game against SFU. Just absolutely saw some people off the dribble. And now he had a couple of threes, like playground stuff, and he was getting into the lane and doing his thing. Like that, how both offensively and defensively can you assess his impact on the team this year? I mean, Bud Clark, you talk about the 30 points on Saturday. He had a 15-point effort at Wagner where he had about four or five tough mid-range jumpers that he made over that Wagner defense that were just so impressive. It's like playground basketball. And, you know, the analytics say don't take those shots. But when you have guys who can make those shots, like, you know, Joey Riley's good at the mid-range game. He's a little bit different. He'll attack closeouts and, you know, take a step or two in and hit a jumper. Bud Clark will take you one-on-one off the dribble. Uh, pull up on you and then make it over the top of your outstretched hand. So that's just such a unique skill to have in this day and age in college basketball. When you have that weapon, a guy who could go in isolation late in the shot clock, get a bucket for you like he can, and he's a freshman, that's just so impressive. And then, you know, his steal rate's very high, so he's obviously having a big impact at the top of that Merrimack zone. He's been the perfect freshman addition for Joey Gallo this year. So would would it be safe to say that this Merrimack Central game on Saturday is one of the biggest games remaining on the NEC schedule this year and potentially one that who knows could decide the number 1 seed down the line we'll see how we'll see how things go Central won the first game 75-70 up in New Britain a couple of weeks ago now we go to North Andover what what are you feeling on this one right here I mean, this is Merrimack has to win this game if they want to have a chance to get that one seed because if Central wins the game and they have the tiebreaker, the regular season tiebreaker, the sweep on Merrimack, if they finish with a tied record at the end of the year, presumably no one else is there at, at the same record, you know, they're going to have that tiebreaker be the number one seed. So it's a, I think it's a bigger game for Merrimack in that respect. They have to win and, and kind of hold serve at home. Um because if Central Connecticut could figure out a way to win this game, they're in great shape moving forward. But, yeah, you know, it's interesting that that first game, Gene Rose went off with 24 points. He took a lot of shots, but he was very active in that game. He was moving around a lot. He was trying to, you know, shoot some mid-range jumpers in between that zone. That Merrimack zone has to know where Gene Rose is at all times. And, uh, you know, Merrimack, what they do really effectively is they get back in their transition defense. They got to do the same thing because this the Central Connecticut team led by Jordan Jones and, how quick he can get from point A to point B at 94 feet. They got to make sure that they get their guys back and don't give up any easy buckets in the open floor against Central Connecticut because, uh, you know, if they get going in transition, they're they're very tough to beat. Yep, so both these teams will again have to play a red-hot, what they're now red-hot Lemoyne team down the line. But as we mentioned earlier, let's kick it over to our interview with Kai Cleary, who, who, who said some – Pretty interesting things. It was a pretty insightful interview, I thought. So let's head to that now. On this week's NEC On The Run interview, we bring in Kai Cleary from Lemoyne. Welcome, Kai, to NEC On The Run podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Kai, you're coming off just an unbelievable effort on Saturday in your win over LIU. 43 points. Just incredible. Uh, we were we were talking that you know you kind of reminded us with all the things you were doing out there a little little Kevin Durant action coming in on Saturday you got some contested shots some long threes you had an alley oop dunk so you kind of doing it all like w- were you feeling it during this game like how soon did you know that this was going to be your day? Um, 
I mean, it took me it took me a while to get started. I missed my first three shots, honestly. So I had a little bit of a slow start. But um, once I have the character, like once I get one, once I see one going, you know, I can get hot pretty quick. So um, once I made like two threes and, you know, I kind of got it going. And I had a lot of like good looks. My teammates were, you know, um, getting me a lot of good looks. And I had like, what, 18 at halftime. And I was like, okay, let me just let me just keep keep staying rhythm. You know, I wasn't really thinking about how many I could score. I just really was just trying to stay in rhythm. You know, what I mean, as a scorer, that's kind of what you wanna you wanna find the flow of the game. You know, what I mean, and when you see a couple of shots go down, um, it helps for sure. When you're when you're cooking like that, do you do you do your teammates are they trying to get you the ball? Are they recognizing that like this is gonna be a special day here? Um. Honestly, it's our offense. Uh, I give big credit to our offense. It's it works perfectly for a lot of our guys' playing style. You know, we kind of just play. Um, we just kind of flow, flow with the ball. There wasn't really no, you know, get Kai the ball. It wasn't like that. Um, you know, I feel like I was just in the right spots at the right times, and you know, just kind of what I do, you know, in general. But you know, a lot more shots were. I was hitting a lot more shots and kind of staying aggressive throughout the course. Um, so yeah, I just give a big credit to you know my teammates for finding me and it's just our offense you know it's really it's really hard to guard when you know we move the ball so much and you know there's a lot of actions going on and it kind of just fits my playing style almost perfectly honestly so one of the things I was thinking about was you scored 43 points so you destroyed your previous career high but you also made history at Lemoyne like, yeah this was a record I saw that has stood since 1954-55 season. Like, yeah. how does it feel to you to be part of something that has been in that book for so long? And now it's now it's your name's in the book. Um, it took a while for it to sink in, honestly. Um, you know, I didn't really over the weekend, I had a day off yesterday, you know, over the weekend when I was speaking to my peoples and stuff, that was kind of when they emphasized to me like you know, it was a big accomplishment what you just did, you know, because you know, I I you know. Yeah, we, uh, we, we're hard on ourselves sometimes, you know, so we don't really, you know, recognize, give credit to ourselves for what we did. But uh, my people's back home were really saying, like, you should be proud of yourself for what you just done. So, yeah, it really only just sunk in. Uh, but, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm proud. It's a, it's a definitely a good accomplishment. Kai, it's been quite the basketball journey for you. You're from England. You played for Great Britain's uh, FIBA 20U team. You went to Florida you know, play for Florida Southern and Florida Southwest State near Fort Myers. You went to Ball State and then you transferred to Lemoyne. So you've been pretty much everywhere on the map, it seems like. I'm just curious, someone with your athletic profile, I'm sure you had plenty of interest this offseason when you're looking to transfer from Ball State. Why did you choose Lemoyne and Coach Champions program for your final year of eligibility? So um, I don't know if you guys know, but Coach Champ was the guy that, initially recruited me when I was coming out of prep school um I was coming out of prep school I didn't really have any offers I was sending emails to schools like hey I'm this kid from England I just need a chance um you know when coach champ um he was an assistant coach at Florida Southern at the time um he he called me back and said hey I've seen you Tate we're interested we'd like to get you on a visit um and they, they offered me there so you know he coach champ's a big part of it and and Ben Morello to um, my assistant coach because my freshman year, like I said, Coach Champ was with me that whole year as an assistant coach, working me out, developing me as a player. 
and um, Ben Morello, my assistant coach, was my teammate um, too. So, you know, five years later, just skipping back five years later, when they called me and said, you know, we would want you here, you fit the program. It was almost like a no-brainer to me. You know, he was he said, you know, let's make your last year your best year. Let's go do some special things as a team. You know, we're going D1. You have a really good chance to, you know, do do well in the NEC. And um, they they knew what I could, I could do. They knew my talent. They've seen me play, of course, um, you know. So it was a no-brainer for me. And just to be around, you know, a group of people that I was comfortable with, you know, like I said, the coach and also my ex-teammate being my assistant coach, it was it was a perfect situation for me, you know, after everything I've been through. Um, I knew I could come to Le Moyne and just focus down, just knuckle down um, my last year and have the best year and, you know, feel at home, feel somewhat like I was at home because of the people I knew and the people I'd be around. So it was a no-brainer for me to come to Le Moyne. Yeah, how much of Lemoyne's entry into Division One into the Northeast Conference was a factor towards that decision for you to come to coach him? Um, honestly, honestly, it wasn't. It wasn't really a factor because when he first called me, um, he didn't tell me um, initially. Um, it was later on. He said, you know, we might we might be moving to D1 in the NEC, but they were still D2 at the time. And, you know, honestly, my, my mindset was, you know, initially I was still trying to play uh, stay D1. But I said, you know what, like, I just want to go have fun my last year. I want to go, you know, um, and I want to end it with a bang. I want to end, play the best basketball for my last year. So when, for the next season, you know, I'm confident. I've just played, had a good season. So I wasn't really, you know, I wasn't really too fussed about like, okay, let me stay D1. Let me, um, you know, let me continue to do the D1 route I was okay with staying D2 and just going and you know just enjoying playing basketball you know doing the thing that I love and then it just worked out that way so it was you know everything worked out perfectly I couldn't you couldn't have written it better you know what I mean so so yeah that's amazing love to hear that that's that's a great story so I got a chance to see you and your teammates play up in person the previous week I was up at the St. Francis game when you guys went crazy and hit all those threes. It was it was really fun to watch. You could really see that your offense is clicking right now. You're yeah. leading the league in offensive efficiency at this at this time. You, of course, you're playing, you're leading the league in scoring in, in NEC play. Um, from your perspective, you mentioned that the style that Coach Champion employed is good for you. What mm -hmm. is it about that scheme that makes it a good fit for you? It's not scripted. Um we we came early and started. He explained how he wanted the offense to be, and um, it's almost he lets us play. And it's there's a structure, and then it allows us as players to to almost freestyle within that structure. So there's always there's always going to be a structure. So then if we don't have nothing on the fast break, we can get into the flow of our offense, and the type of players they have we have it it works perfectly. And obviously at times there's still a lot of, we still have to figure it out because like I said, we were kind of going off each other. You know what I mean? We're really trying to find the flow. It's not like, Hey, do this. We're doing this. Call a play. Say it's not, it's all right. Pass. It's read and react. You know what I mean? And you know, me coming from Europe kind of having that, that's how we play. You know what I mean? You, you know, the European game, that's how we play. So that's almost ingrained in me. I add my athleticism and my shooting to it. You know, it, it just works perfectly for me um, personally. 
but also the guys that we have on the team um we have threats we have so many threats like so once we get the ball moving it's it's anybody's night honestly you know you know, Ron mentioned earlier that your 43-point effort, you kind of look like Kevin Durant out there. So I'm curious, is there an NBA player like Durant that you like to model your game after? Um, Kobe. Kobe. I uh, When I first picked up a ball um, and I started playing young, because basketball is not really big in England. So uh, Kobe was, you know, big at the time. He was only really showing Kobe. He was like the star. Um, so when I started, I was I was watching a lot of Kobe. Went going to the park and, you know, doing the leg kick. That's where I get the leg kick from all. <laughs> All coaches try to tell me to take the leg kick out, but, you know, <laughs> something that just came from watching Kobe, watching Jordan, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, Kobe was definitely my favorite player, my favorite player to watch. That was actually my next question, Kai, was I was going to ask you about your three-point shot because of the uniqueness of it, because you're you're kicking out that right leg as you're <laughs> finishing your shooting stroke. So I was curious about the origins of it, but it does sound like it was Kobe Bryant. Yeah, definitely. I literally, literally wanted – I would go to the park – go to the park and literally try just do his jump shot, kicking the leg, doing the fadeaways, you know, that was just, that's, that's where I found the beauty in basketball initially, just going to the park, freestyling, being free. So yeah, he just, he just came and I can't, I can't get rid of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? No matter how many coaches tell me to stop fading or kick my leg, it's, it's, it's ingrained in me, you know, it's a part of me. Yeah. And so you I bring a so lot good of highlights though. Sorry, Ryan. I was just gonna say it looks so good on the highlights, though, when he kicks that <laughs> leg out. Looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing like it. So you, you, Kai, you bring a lot of length and athleticism to your game as a guard wing, and obviously you're having a great fifth year now in college. I'm just curious, what are your plans? What are your aspirations when you graduate from Lemoyne? Um, definitely to play uh, professional um, at the highest level. Um, you know, wherever I can get paid, and you know still play my game um and compete you know so i've definitely got aspiration to play pro it's always been it's always been on the board as soon as i started playing i wanted to play professionally um and i still want to play at the highest levels you know i still want to play against the best whether it be nba g league you know top league overseas you know um but where i can just really continue to play the game i love you know i feel like that's the most important thing is um i've bounced around a lot you know, I've been in a lot of different environments, a lot of different places, and I play the best basketball when I'm having fun, you know, when I'm doing what I love and I'm flowing, I'm in rhythm. So, you know, definitely playing professional basketball, you know, where I can still, you know, go out and do my thing for sure. It's a great perspective. Uh, so let's talk about your team for a minute here. Lemoyne, you guys are on a roll now. You've won three in a row, four and two in the conference, near the top of the standings. Moving forward, you have uh, you got a four game road trip coming up. Mm -hmm. You got some tough games. Wagner, Sacred Heart. What is what do the Dolphins need to do to continue this run and stay and keep challenging to be at the top of the league? Keep doing what we're doing right now. Um, we're not looking ahead of ourselves. Um, we know we're a constant underdog, which we love. I feel like we've um, embraced that. Um, but yeah, just take it one game at a time. I feel like we do. The coaching staff do a great job. At, you know, preparing us each day for the the next step, you know what I mean? Because we don't, like I said, we don't look at anybody else but the next opponent and our practices are breaking down, you know, how we're going to get these wins, you know what I mean? What we're going to do to the team, where's, where's weaknesses, you know, where are our strengths and we immediately just get right to it. How are we going to win this game? So, you know, just taking it every practice at a time, you know, it's 
that time in the year where you know everyone saw everyone's we're getting to that point um but yeah so we just got to stay focused keep come to practice every day and really just own in on you know trying to get these wins trying to rack up these wins and keep this thing rolling last question kai i look at your team and there's a lot of experience on this team some of it is guys that have gone up through through d2 others you have these a lot of grad transfers that have played at the d1 level when I see your team with all that experience, how does that help you? Like when you played at Central Connecticut, that was a tough game against one of the NEC's best teams. You mm-hmm. took their punches. And then in the end, you you were able to win that game on the road. That's a like that's a mm-hmm. great win. How much does that experience and what you have all gone through, some, you know, either together or even separately, your previous stops, how does that help you as a team um, mm-hmm. when you have those tight games? I feel like the first thing that comes to mind when you just say like the experiences are our composure. Um, I feel like that experience helps with that. So, you know, we've been down, Merrimack goes down 20, but, you know, we we stay composed and we just figured it out. You know, we never crumbled and well, we ended up losing by six or something, bringing it back. It was, so even yeah, the, the tight games when we're away, the big games that we've played when we've played the D1 teams, the experience from all of our guys, you know, it helps with us staying composed, you know, um, during pressured moments, during the the big moments, you know, we we kind of just, we figure it out. You know, we, none of us panic, none of us make, you know, crazy decisions. You know what I mean? We don't have those like freshman mistakes where, you know, we're throwing away the ball, we're going, we're playing hectic. So I definitely just say it gives us, it gives us that composure. It gives us that you know, ability just to stay calm and stick through the process, regardless if we're up 20, down 20, you know, we we stay tight, we're, we're a unit, you know, so I definitely feel like that's, that the experience helps us there for sure. Well, there it goes. You heard from Kai Cleary. Uh, Lemoyne is at four and two in the standings, uh, top, top, top three in the league right now. Kai, good luck the rest of the year. I'm sure we'll bump into each other along the way mm-hmm. and good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. I want to thank Kai Cleary for joining us this week. Ryan, pretty impressive interview. His Certainly his perspective is something that you don't always see from student athletes. He's been through it all, and he seems really content and happy of being at LeMoyne right now and being part of what LeMoyne is building here in the NEC. Yeah, the thing that I took away from that is he was all about his fit, right? The right fit in his final year of eligibility. And the fact that he didn't even care if LeMoyne was Division Two, And he didn't even know when, you know, Coach Champion had reached out to him uh, this offseason that LeMoyne was going to go to Division One. If they stayed two, he probably would have went to LeMoyne anyway because he was all about his fit, all about having fun, playing in the right system that kind of maximizes and optimizes his talent. So... Credit to Kai Cleary, you know, he's, he's wise beyond his years. Um, you know, he's, I think he's going to have a really productive pro career, you know, overseas at some point when it's all said and done. But uh, that was a really insightful interview from him. This week in NEC TV, we have LIU hosting St. Francis U in Brooklyn. The game will air on ESPN+. And for the first time this season, we will have a game airing on Sportsnet Pittsburgh. Ryan, uh, we have two different teams here. We have a St. Francis University team that started five freshmen for the first time in program history on Saturday. The only team in the nation this year, actually, to start five freshmen. We have an LIU team that's played pretty pretty well at home. They're coming off 
a buzzer beating Ty Strickland three to win last Thursday. What do you envision from this matchup? It's a must win for LIU. You know, LIU, they have to continue to win at home and kind of keep pace with the middle tier of this league. And as you alluded to, they're playing well at home. I'm really curious how St. Francis is going to slow down Ty Strickland. You mentioned the buzzer beater against Stonehill, but he also in the loss against Lemoyne at 34 points on 23 shots. He really just had it rolling. Eric Ackers played well the last couple of games. So the St. Francis team, they're young, but they're dangerous. Eli Wilborn's got five straight and double figures Had a double, double last game, I believe 19 and 16. Um, so just a lot of, you know, a lot of great young freshmen in this game. Um, it's going to be, I think, kind of an up and down battle. LIU likes to push the tempo. St. Francis is sort, certainly not scared of running up and down the floor. So I think we're going to see kind of a track meet here and uh, maybe the first one, the 80 wins. Along with our ESPN Plus and Sportsnet Pittsburgh game on Saturday, you can watch all the NEC action this week on NEC Front Row and on the NEC On The Run series of streaming apps. And that's a wrap for this week's NEC On The Run podcast. We will be back next week. Ryan, thanks for joining as always. My pleasure. All right, we'll see you next week on NEC On The Run.